Hello, if there's anyone listening. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be reading to you from the Wikipedia page of the Netherlands. Um, is it the Netherlands or just Netherlands? I think it's the Netherlands. Because, well, it's unclear on Wikipedia because the title of the page is Netherlands. But... It's, it starts with the Netherlands, um, like the, the first paragraph. Um, anyway, so the Netherlands was, um, known, is known informally as Holland, um, and is a country primarily located in Western Europe and, oh, partly in the Caribbean. I had no idea. I had no idea. It is the largest of four constituent countries of the Kingdom of the Netherlands in Europe. I didn't know that was a thing. The Netherlands consists of 12 provinces bordering Germany to the east, Belgium to the south, and the North Sea to the northwest, with maritime borders in the North Sea with um, maritime borders in the North Sea with those countries in the United Kingdom. Okay. Interest. Okay. The flag um, looks like so it's red, white, and blue um, which sounds like the American flag but it actually reminds me a lot of the Acadian flag. Which it might not look anything like. I forget what the Acadian flag looks like. Um, which is weird, because how can something remind you of something if you don't remember it? Um, let's see, what do we have here? Etymology. The Netherlands' turbulent history and shifts of power resulted in exceptionally many and widely varying names in different languages. There is diversity even within language, languages. In English, the Netherlands is also called Holland, or part of the Low Countries, whereas the term Dutch is used as a demonym and adjectival form. Wow. The region called the Low Countries, comprising Belgium, the Netherlands, and Luxembourg, um, have the same to uh, toponymy. Places, place names with Neder, Neder, Nedra, Nether, and Lager, or Lower, in Germanic languages, and Bas, or Inferior, in Romance languages are in use in low-lying places all over Europe. Okay.
so it seems to have kind of originated from the actual geography of the place. Um, there's actually way more under etymology for the Netherlands than um, any other uh, country we've read about so far. Uh, has quite a complicated history in terms of names. Let's go to geography. Okay. So yeah, the Netherlands is geogra geographically very low relative to sea level and is considered a flat country with about 26% of its area and 21% of its population located below sea level. and only about 50% of its land exceeding one meter above sea level. Okay. Most of the areas below sea level are man-made, caused by peat extraction, or achieved through land reclamation since the late 16th century. Large polder areas are preserved, through elaborate drainage systems that include dikes, canals, and pumping stations. Nearly 17% of the country's land area is reclaimed from the sea, is reclaimed from the sea and from lakes. That's so interesting. Much of the country was originally formed by the estuaries of three large European rivers, the Rhine, the Meuse or Mass, and the Scheld, as well as their tributaries. The southwestern part of the Netherlands is to this day a river delta of these three rivers. Interesting. I know I say interesting a lot. I know that. Um, I can't seem to stop, so I'm sorry if it's annoying. It kind of annoys me a little bit when I listen back to the episodes, but I really can't seem to stop. It just is my, I guess it's my go-to word sometimes. Okay. Geology. In the east of the Netherlands, remains are found of the last ice age, which ended approximately 10,000 years ago. As the continental ice sheet moved in from the north, it pushed moraine forward. The ice sheet halted as it covered the eastern half of the Netherlands. After the Ice Age ended, the moraine remained in the form of a long hill line. The cities of Arnhem and Nijmegen are built upon these hills. Okay, so it looks like there's been a lot of floods um, on the coast 
of the Netherlands. Not so much fun. Okay, to guard against floods, a series of defenses against the water were contrived. In the first millennium AD, villages and farmhouses were built on man-made hills called terps. Later, these terps were connected by dikes. In the 12th century, local government agencies called water schappen, water boards, or Hoogheemradeshappen, high home councils, started to appear whose job it was to maintain the water level and to protect a region from floods. These agencies continued to exist. As the ground level dropped, the dikes by necessity grew and merged into an integrated system. By the 13th century, windmills had come into use to pump water out of areas below sea level. The windmills were later used to drain lakes, creating the famous polders. What are the polders? A polder is a low-lying tract of land that forms an artificial hydraulical entity enclosed by embankments known as dikes. The three types of polder are land reclaimed from body of water, floodplains, marshes, I don't really understand, but, um, they look cool, anyway, um, where was I? Uh, the predominant wind direction in the European Netherlands is southwest, which causes a mild maritime climate with moderately warm summers and cool winters, and typically high humidity. There is especially, uh, this is especially true close to the Dutch coastline, where the difference in temperature between summer and winter, as well as between day and night, is noticeably smaller than it is in the southeast of the country. Precipitation throughout the year is distributed relatively equally each month. Summer and autumn months tend to gather a little more precipitation than the other months, mainly because of the intensity of the rainfall rather than the frequency of rain days. This is especially the case in summer when lightning is also more frequent. The number of sunshine hours is affected by the fact that because of the geographical latitude, the length of the days varies between barely 8 hours in December and nearly 17 hours in June. Oh. Okay. The Netherlands has 20 national parks and hundreds of other nature reserves that include lakes, heathland, woods, dunes, and other habitats. Most of these are owned by Statsbosbeheer, the National Department of Forestry, 
and nature conservation and nature monumenting literally nature's monuments a private organization that buys protects and manages nature reserves the dutch part of the wadden sea in the north with its tidal flats and wetlands is rich in biological diversity and was declared a unesco world heritage site in 2009 The Oosterscheld, formerly the northeast estuary of the river Scheld, was designated a national park in 2002, thereby making it the largest national park in the Netherlands at an area of 370 square kilometers. It consists primarily of the salt waters of the Oosterscheld, but also includes mudflats, meadows, and shoals. Because of the large variety of sea life, including unique regional species, the park is popular with scuba, scuba divers. Other activities include sailing, fishing, cycling, and bird watching. Phytogeographically, the European Netherlands is shared between the Atlantic European and Central European provinces of the Circumboreal region with the Boreal Kingdom. According to the Worldwide Fund for Nature, the European territory of the Netherlands belongs to the eco-region of Atlantic mixed forests. In 1871, the last old original nature woods were cut down, and most woods today are planted monocultures of trees like Scots pine and trees that are not native to the Netherlands. Uh, okay. Well, that's too bad. Caribbean islands. I had no idea about the Caribbean. Is that... Okay, this is where my ignorance of geography comes in, because um, I would have thought that the Caribbean would be far away from the Netherlands, but this is like a colony type of situation. Uh, okay. It seems like they're at least kind of separated because they don't border the same countries. I'm not going to look into the colonialization, colonialism, colonialization, whatever, of the potential colonial stuff there because that's not, that's not very pleasant. Um... Um, and let's also look into the flag, as we've started doing. Um, the flag of the Netherlands is a horizontal tricolor of red, white, and blue. The current design originates as a variant of the late 16th century orange, white, and blue princen flag, prince's flag evolving in the early 17th century as the red, white, and blue Staten flag, state's flag. Okay. Dutch flag, um, make, okay, so the Dutch flag is perhaps the oldest tricolor flag in continuous use. It has 
inspired the Russian and French flags. Okay. Oh, okay, that's cool. They've got a variant flag here that looks like a page from a comic book. It's got um, the the red, white, and blue are kind of uh, radiating from the center of the flag, like a kind of the background of like an action sequence in a comic book or something. Okay. So there's been a couple different versions over the years, or over the centuries, I should say. Oops. Where are we at here? So, that's kind of everything I would like to look, I would like to explore on the main Netherlands page. Let's see what else, because there were a couple of words. I didn't know, and I would like to. Um, down in geography. So, um, what is a fiefdom? A fief was the central. Okay, so it's taken me to the Wikipedia page for fief. Uh, fief was the central element of feudalism. It consisted of heritable property or rights granted by an overlord to a vassal who held it in fealty or in fee in return for a form of feudal allegiance and service usually given by the personal ceremonies of homage and fealty. Okay, I thought of fiefdom was a type of geogra geographical feature, so that's why I clicked on it. Um, what else do we have here? What is an estuary? I feel like I knew this once. An estuary is a partially enclosed coastal body of brackish water with one or more rivers or streams flowing into it and with a free connection to the open sea. Interesting. Now, because I worked at PetSmart for a minute, I know what brackish water is, and it's partially salted water, but how can it be partially salted? I guess it's just, it's it, it's a salted water type thing, because there are certain fish that can only live in brackish water, and they're quite difficult to um, take care of. It's quite difficult to um, maintain uh, their proper kind of environment in their tanks. Um, the setup is a lot is more complicated than say for tropical fish. Um, so yeah, that's some stuff. Um, what else do we have? What is moraine? It sounds like maybe a substance of some kind. A moraine is any accumulation of unconsolidated debris, sometimes referred to as glacial till, that occurs in both currently and formerly glaciated regions, and that has been previously carried along by a glacier or ice sheet. It may consist of partly rounded particles ranging in size from boulders. 
down to gravel and sand and a ground mass of finely divided clay material, sometimes called glacial flour. Okay, I mean, that kind of, that's about the type of thing that I figured it was. Um... heathlands. A heath is a shrubland habitat found mainly on free-draining, infertile, acidic soils and characterized by open, low-growing, woody vegetation. Oh, okay. I think... I think we have some uh, around here. Oh, that's where I remember that word from, is I was um, looking at honeymoon spots and to me like the scenery and the landscape and like the nature and stuff would be the most appealing aspect of any like travel or um vacation so i was looking into the type of landscape around this place that we wanted to potentially spend our honeymoon which was only like a weekend but um so um, and I think that there was some heathland around there, and we did end up going there. So we did, um, walk around there, and it was, um, it's kind of a near sort of a famous, um, touristy spot in the city that I live in. Or, not in a city, but, um, outside of the city. And, um... So there was some tourists around there, and they had to put signs up because a lot of people come around there. It is very beautiful. There's, like, it's by the ocean, and there's, like, um, these big rocks, and all of this, um, really kind of, um... Like they say, uh, low-growing woody vegetation, but it was very colorful. Um, we went in September, and the vegetation was very colorful, and it was just really neat to see all of these kind of rolling hills with these boulders and colorful, like, reds and yellows and stuff in the, in the, on the ground. Um, yeah. So that's where I recognize that word from. I'm pretty sure I know what those are. Wetlands. I mean, it sounds pretty straightforward. Boreal Kingdom. 
What is the Boreal Kingdom? It sounds awesome. Um, this floristic kingdom identified by botanist Ronald Good, which includes the temperate to arctic portions of North America and Eurasia. It's okay, so basically, it's where the boreal forest is, is what I'm understanding. I might be wrong, but that's what it sounds like. Good noted that many plant species of temperate North America and Eurasia were very closely related despite, despite, not despite, despite, their separation by the Atlantic Ocean and the Bering Strait. Okay, I see. Well, I think that's it uh, for our discussion of the Netherlands. Um, it's getting to be summertime now, and the sun is like fully up right now, even though it's only 6 a.m. Um, I decided to have my shower in the morning this time. I usually have it at night, but I'm gonna see what it's like to have it in the morning and then go to sleep. Um, I've been sleeping a little bit better the last two days, and that could be, um, thanks to the Goodnight Moon videos I've been watching. Um, the last one I watched was the Celebrity Assistant going over your schedule for the day, and all I kept thinking was, geez, like, what have I done in this scenario to be... Um, so well-known and famous to have such a fabulous assistant. Um, I must be paying her very well for her to be putting so much energy and effort into her job. Um, yeah. Uh, so... And it was a very well-made video. I really enjoyed it. I actually think I might have fallen asleep during it. Um, yeah. So that's... That definitely says something. I went on such a lovely walk this afternoon with... Um, it was me, my husband, and my son. And we. it was such a short walk, but it was just so nice. It was nice out. And... Um, my husband was just piggybacking him the whole way, um, and my son was hanging on to my husband's ears because, um, he doesn't have any, like, very much hair, um, so there was nothing for him to hang on to except for his ears, because his arms aren't, like, long enough for him to, like, wrap them around his neck or, like, hold onto his shoulder or something, and we just took a walk down to... A nearby convenience store. Uh, not our favorite convenience store, but the closest one. We have a favorite convenience store because the guy who runs it is, um, he's, he's a, a bit of a character, but he's also very, he's very nice and, um, very, like, like, very good, good to have a chat with. He'll kind of, like, 
yeah, he's always got something interesting to say. Um, so that's our favorite convenience store, but that's not the one we went to because uh, we went to the one that was closer by. And we went in and picked up some ice cream sandwiches and some chips and um, some, uh, I forget what it's called, um, like a, it's like a drink, but it's like orange flavored, fancy, in a can sort of thing. Um, and the chips that we got were the white cheddar lays that I think are like only out for a limited time. And they're like, they're basically, they're, they just took the flavor from smart food popcorn and they put it on the Lay's chips. And I really enjoyed them, but it's just kind of like funny how they just, they keep having to come out with new things to make you buy more stuff. And so sometimes it can get a little bit absurd. Like if you like the flavor of smart food popcorn, you should probably just buy smart food popcorn. It's just funny that they, it's like they're running up ideas, so they're like, let's take a flavor of something else that we make and put it on another thing that we make, or that we own, or whatever. But I did enjoy the chips. Um, and it was just a lovely walk, it's just really, it's just really fun to take, to take a little kid, I mean he's not even a little kid, he's still a baby, it's really fun to take them places because they're just looking all around and taking everything in and he loves to go out and just observe things um and it's nice too because he's he's super cute and you know so people notice that and <laughs> and uh anytime anyone comments on it i'm just like yeah i know you don't have to tell me <laughs> So, um, it was a very lovely walk. It just put me in a really good mood. So, um, yeah, but, um, they will be up soon and I will be going to bed. We, like, get to spend time together in the late afternoons and evenings sometimes. So, that's when we kind of spend our family time together if, if we do get to spend it together. Um, sometimes my husband works late, but that's when I'm awake, and that's when at least I get to spend some time with my son, and I get to feed him dinner, and get him ready for bed, and read him a story, and all that, so that's my time with him, and, um, sometimes it's the three of us, which is really, really nice, I, I like that. It's probably, um, my favorite kind of, my favorite way to spend my time is with is with the two of them, the three of us together as a family. Um, yeah, uh, so anyway, I think that's gonna be all for me, and um, you can again uh, find me on Instagram at NRM Podcast, um, and you can email me at nrmpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I would love to hear any feedback or suggestions you might have 
what would you like me to do more of, what would you like me to do less of, um, yeah, just anything that you have to say about your listening experience would be appreciated. Um, yeah, um, I feel like this podcast has been a little unfocused recently since I started doing, um, these episodes on the different countries. I just, I, I like to do these episodes because, um, I was so excited that people from other countries were listening to my podcast. Uh, I just thought it was so cool that, like, it was reaching places around the world, even if it's not that many people. Like, I, I'm st- still not getting many downloads, but it's just really exciting to me. And I wanted, like, I don't know, this is gonna sound weird maybe, but I wanted those people to feel seen. Like, I wanted to say, like, hey, I see you and thank you for listening to my podcast, even though, like, maybe English isn't your first language or, like, it's a podcast from another country and, like, you're taking interest in it and I appreciate that. So that's kind of why I'm doing these episodes on countries. Um, but it doesn't really go, I recognize, with the theme of the podcast, which itself is extremely vague. <laughs> but, like, I think the specificity of focusing on a country is a little, um, uh, a little off the, a little unfocused from, from where I actually want the podcast to, uh, to focus, uh, uh, <laughs> but, um, I'm gonna keep doing them just cause I want to, uh, and, uh, Hopefully you don't mind. Um, hopefully, um, hopefully I do it in a boring, um, enough way that you can kind of just shut your brain off gradually while listening. And, yeah. But again, let me know your thoughts. Um, so I will to you again soon and I hope you have a very peaceful sleep. Good night.